We are starting this meeting at 2 o'clock on the dime. Could we please have roll call? Nope. Did anyone did you get that? Should I repeat that? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I forgot to look for the green light. All right. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee meeting. Today is May 15th. It's 201. And um, could we please have roll call? Yes. Commissioner Stryker? Present. Commissioner Shiota? Present. Okay. Um, Mr. Snare is not here. Um, Commissioner Rothschild? Here. Commissioner Carney? Present. And Commissioner Benzel? Present. Okay. And today for not present is Snare and well, Commissioner Snare and Commissioner Hakimi. Also present is Joanne Lee, Deputy Director of Programs. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the Civic Design Review Committee hybrid meeting. The meetings will be conducted as a hybrid meeting to allow public comment and the public process to the Civic Design Review Committee meetings either remotely or in person in room 125 at the War Memorial Veterans Building located at 401 Van Ness Avenue in San Francisco. And for some public meeting instructions, this meeting is being held in person and by teleconference. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using WebEx platform and will allow for remote viewing and public comment. While this technology allows individuals to join the meeting remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transitions to the technology between speakers. Please know that we're doing our best and we ask for your patience. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we're bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. For every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to the items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there's also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on the topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the Commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. However, there have been some slight system updates to provide public comments. Therefore, please listen closely to our updated public comment instructions that will be provided by Interim Commission Secretary Lopez White shortly. Last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. For the public and staff joining remotely, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When we speak, you'll have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so that others on the phone know who is talking. And I will ask our Commission Secretary Treka Lopez-White to give public comment instructions now. Okay. Members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on today's agenda items, once you're called on, you will be asked to voice your comment at the podium. We will provide a blank public comment card. 
You are recommended but not required to fill out the card to be included in the minutes. You may also make public comments through WebEx platform. When you click the WebEx link, you'll be prompted to enter the following information, first and last name and email. These fields are required. However, if you miss, wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com and email fields. Please ensure that you're in a quiet location. All devices around you are muted, so there's no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will request for public comment. For, for members of the public using a WebEx link, click please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in a public comment queue. When it's your time to speak, you will be unmuted by the moderator. Then when your time is up, you will be muted. For members of the public calling by phone to make public comment, public comment period opens, please press star three to be added in the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will ask us to state your name and make your comment. You're encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. <clears throat> I will start your three minutes when she, once you begin speaking using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30-second audible warning. When your time is up, I'll say caller, your time is up. Then you will be placed on mute and moved out the speaker line. We will pause briefly before closing public comments to assure no additional public commenters are wish to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on agenda items can remain and listen to the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during public comment today's period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to paris.coats at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it's is to cede over the pre-subscribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the comment. Public comment instructions should be shared on screen during each public comment period. Commissioner Stryker, please proceed the meeting when you are ready. Okay, thank you. I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Rametush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula area. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Rametush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Rametush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. So let's move to item number two, that is general public comment. Is there any general public comment? We will be taking in-person public comment first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. Now for those joining remotely, please raise your hand. If you're joining via WebEx or by phone, press star three, place in a public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then when you then you'll be muted once your time is up. 
You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during public comment today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to paris.colts.me.sfgov.org. I am now seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone uh, wish to make public comment on a current agenda item? I am now seeking public comment for those joining remotely. Anybody who wish to make public comment on the current item? Anybody? Public comment is now closed. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So let's move to item number three, which is the San Francisco New Public Trash Receptacles Project Phase 3. And this project has been previously reviewed. Team, you have 10 minutes to present your project. I will start your timer once you begin speaking and I'll give you a three minute warning when your time is almost up. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Lisa Zuol. I'm the project manager from San Francisco Public Works on the new public trash receptacle project. In September 2020, the project team was here um, to present phase one and phase two civic design review for the three final custom design options for the new trash cans. And uh, we were able to receive phase one and phase two approval at that time. And since then, we've been working with a company um, who helped the city create um, prototypes of the three trash cans, and we ran a pilot program, which has how which now has concluded. And so I'm happy to be back here today to present on phase three um, and seek a, your approval for um, one of the designs as we you know, find from our pilot program to be the best suit for the city. Um, so I will, um, okay. All right, um, so just um, here's the agenda for today's presentation. So first off, I want to start with going over the new trash cans uh, performance and design criteria. And I also want to give an update on the pilot program um, and also go over the pilot program results and findings. Um, and then I will conclude re recommendations and next steps. So just as a reminder uh, for everyone, so we did develop a list of the design and performance criteria that we um, need to seek on the trash, new trash cans. And these were developed based on our current ex um, experience with the existing trash cans. Those design and performance criteria that we identify are the new trash can needs to be rummage resistant. We want to keep trash inside the trash cans and not on the streets or sidewalks. Um, secondly, the new trash cans, they need to be of durable construction, um, so we need to use um, strong materials. They need to be easy to maintain, and they need to be easy to service. The uh, public trash cans are maintained by Public Works Operations team, so they're responsible to, for cleaning them, maintaining them, and repairing them when they um, are damaged. Uh, Recology is responsible to service them. So some cans will require more servicing than others. Sometimes they, they go and empty them once per day. Other cans in heavily traffic areas, they might you know, be required to be empty uh, two to three times a day or more, more or more, right? Depending on how much they fill up. 
Um, and then uh, we also want to make sure that the new trash cans are designed to accommodate a rolling toter um, at a minimum capacity of 32 gallons. The current trash cans uh, utilize an existing bin that are not on rollers. Um, so when Recology goes to service them, they're required to manually lift them and dump them on a trash truck. Um, and then, so the new trash can, we also uh, realized that um, it needs to have a recycling exchange. We also want it to be nice looking um, and sensor ready. We also want to have it um, be made at a cost effi efficient uh, price point. The target price that we're trying to aim for is $3,000 each or under. So um, a little bit about the pilot program. Um, so we, um, tested six different models of trash cans. Uh, three of them are custom models and three of them are off the shelf models. The custom models, um, they are the soft square. Um, the soft square is a stainless steel uh, made out of stainless steel materials. Um, it has a hopper opening, so the exterior is fully enclosed and to activate the opening, you we can either utilize the, uh, the handle or the by pressing out at the foot pedal uh, below. And so once the door is open, um, you will see two openings, a bigger opening for trash and a smaller opening next to it uh, for bottles and cans. There is an additional opening at the back of the can uh, for bottles and cans. So there's still access for re recyclings. Uh, the second model is the slim silhouette. Uh, this one is also made out of stainless steel. The exterior of the can is, um, more transparent because it's um, it's made out of individual rods for a slot look. So you can look behind and see the toter um, behind it. Um, the slim silhouette has an oval footprint. So the narrower footprint allows um, more space um, on narrower sidewalks. It's a single-sided access um, and it doesn't require any kinds of uh, manual um, opening. So it's you know visible to the public. Um, the salt and pepper um, is the third type. This one is made out of galvanized steel. Um, it has two separate openings. Um, there's a smaller opening at top um, for bottles and cans, rounded openings. There's a, a, a larger opening below that, which is a rectangular and narrower opening uh, for trash. Um, the height and the opening and the size and shape of the, um, the openings um, would deter rummaging because uh, you won't be able to somebody would not be able to reach their arm inside and grab things out. Similarly, with the slim silhouette, it's a round opening, but there's a, a chute um, behind that opening, so you can't really see what's inside, so you can't reach your, your arms in there also. Um, the next three cans are the uh, off-the-shelf models. The first one is a pretty uh, common open wire mesh. This one does not have a rolling toter. So when Recology goes to empty it, they'll have to remove the lid and then lift the, the bin out. The second type is the REN bin. This one is a metal construction manufactured by Victor Stanley as it has a large opening for trash. Um, this one we're able to enclose a standard size rolling toter that looks like the one that we see on the third image. Um, so that one is capable of enclosing a rolling toter. Uh, the third one is the bear saver. This one is also a very durable construction um, and it's also capable of enclosing a, uh, a standard size rolling toter. This one is also um, rummage resistant in that it, uh, it has 
a hopper opening. So you would have to use a, a hand, like you would have to activate a hand, a handle to open it and toss the trash in. So um, the pilot program, um, we tested a total of 26 uh, pilot trash cans. Um, so five of each of the custom cans and three to four of each of the off the shelf cans for a total of 26. And we uh, ran the pilot program between July 25th, 2022 to September 23rd, 2022 uh, for two months. Um, it includes two 30 day installations, meaning each pilot can was installed in one location and tested for 30 days. And then we relocated them to a different location and tested for another 30 days. So there was 52 locations total that we um, ran the, you, we installed the tra trash cans in. And uh, the map on the left shows where the pilot cans were installed. And as you can see from the map, we, tr we, we strategically locate these pilot cans equally dispersed across the city. Um, some areas with more heavy tra foot traffics, um, like in the northern northeastern part of the city, um, we have more cans there. And then at le less densely populated areas, uh, we still have the cans there. Um, so we're trying to um, seek an equal experience um, and have the, um, you know, the pilot um, um, uh, ran at these uh, locations. So here's a few um, images um, that we took during the pilot program. Um, the right image shows our public works team. We installed the cans right away. So um, this shows um, our people um, transitioning the um, pilot cans to their, its final destinations. The one on the right is the salt and pepper. This was actually one of the heaviest um, can. It weighs about 400 pounds each. Um, and then the uh, images on the left, one shows um, when it was being installed, they were all they were anchored on the ground um, by boats. Um, and then the top lower, top left image um, shows um, our crews cleaning the cans. We are responsible for cleaning them and maintaining them. And when there are graffitis, we abate them. So um, this slide also is more information on the pilot program, and we want to engage the public in this program as much as we can because we want to solicit public comments and feedbacks. So on each pilot cans, we have a sticker affixed to each um, the body of the can, and the uh, QR code um, takes the users to an online uh, website that has um, brief information about the program, um, timelines, locations, and also a link to an online survey. Um, we also attend uh, two public events um, in person, one in Chinatown and the other one in, at the Mission District at Manny's, where we talk to the public about the trash can project. Uh, the project also has Twitter page um, and other social media posts. And uh, we also publish two news articles in our Public Works digital newsletter, one in July and the other one in August to update the, the um, public about the progress of the project. And each of these newsletters, we receive over 7,000 views from the public. Um, the next page, I will go over the pilot program results and findings. So um, on, from the online survey, we received over a thousand responses from the public, um, primarily in English, but there were a few from other languages. Um, so the survey was available in um, multiple languages. We also created a separate survey um, to solicit. This is a three minute warning. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. 
Thank you. Um, so we also um, created a different survey for Recology to seek their feedbacks, as well as a, a different survey for public works operations team. Um, we also received 311 reports on the public um, pilot cans. And so um, after an immense amount of time developed into analyzing the data and the responses, we concluded that the slim silhouette is the model that meets most of our design and functional criteria. But we do recognize that there are a few design modifications that we want to, to integrate into it um, to make it more functional and more usable. And so uh, some of those recommendations are um, the, the currently the slim silhouette slim silhouette model are made out of individual rods that are rounded and um, it's harder to clean the size when it's a round um, profile. So we recommend that in order to achieve the same look, we want to maybe investigate uh, or explore the possibility of creating that look with a perforated stainless steel uh, sheets of metal. Uh, we also want to re-examine re the locking mechanism. Currently, the lock is behind the surface of the can by about two, three inches, and it's harder to use, especially when it's at night. So we want to re-examine how do we, you know, create a lock that is durable, secure, and easy to use. Um, we also want to examine the size and shape of the main opening. Currently, one of the common is that the opening for the uh, trash is too small, so we want to make it uh, slightly bigger to at least um, be able to accept a, a takeout box. Um, and we also um, want to maybe redesign the symbol for recycling exchange because the messaging isn't as clear as we thought it is. Um, so next steps on this project, um, we are, we've re received um, the city planning's administrative certificate of appropriateness for Article 10 landmark districts. We've also received the minor permit to alter for Article 11 conservation districts. And for the rest of the locations, we receive a CADEX from city planning. So currently we are seeking phase three CDR approval, um, and we are seeking to secure the funding for the trash can procurement. With both in place, we will issue an RFP RFQ to solicit the procurement for the trash cans and um, to find a manufacturer for the um, the, the tr trash cans. Um, and that concludes my presentation. Happy to take any questions anyone may have. Okay, thank you. That was a very thorough um, presentation. Thank you. Um, commissioners, comments? This is an important project, small, but important because we're going to see it everywhere and we want it to work well. Yeah, I so thank you, Jen. Uh, Commissioner Shioda. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. And um, for it's it's funny because you see like the little tag headline in newspapers or whatever, and it's like garbage can costs a bazillion dollars. And what are they doing, San Francisco? But I appreciate all the thoughtfulness, and because it is a problem, right? It you know how do you design this thing for um, for so many uses within so many venues. Um, so my only uh, question is with the lack of transparency and I get you don't want people to rummage and throw things around. How do you know it's full? Is that the sensor? Is that yeah, so one of the technology yeah. that we're going to introduce in the public hands are a sensor um, that is attached to the bottom of the lid, I would say. So just right above the bin. So um, the sensor uh, would send a signal when the bin is full, either at a, you know, a level that we um, sets right either at 70% full or 80% full it's going to send a signal to a remote uh, location to alert you know recology 
um, that is full. And so they'll come and pick it up. So that is, you know, the intent of the sensors. And this is how we would, um, this is, you know, one that would, um, uh, use technology to create a more efficient, uh, servicing, uh, protocol. Mm -hmm. I, I had another question. Thanks. Um, so you said you were going to, it, it's amazing. I just, uh, was, you know, volunteering at an event the other day, I had a blue bin that was as tall as me with the big thing on it. And there was garbage in it like all night long. People just threw their compost or, I mean, it was obviously for bottles and cans. And so, and we just looked at the, at the, we looked at each other at the end of the night. We're like, what, how, what it's so clear. So I, I'm feeling your pain. Um, can you go back on the garbage gun just on. The photo, so I see the round holes, right? And so how are you identifying is how you are, how are you identifying recycling at this moment? Is it just the shape of the opening? Is it, or is there a symbol? Okay. Yeah. So there is a symbol right here, for example, on the slim silhouette. Um, so one of the recommendations that we're making is to provide a clear message for recyclings. I think the current, uh, image that we put is not clear to a lot of people. So that's one of the improvements that, that we seek in our next phase is to how do we clearly this, you know, display that this is for recycling. Um, so we would have to investigate into that. But the, uh, the construction of this can is, um, would separate these two, whatever, you know, people toss into these holes, they go into separate locations. Um, so the bigger opening is for trash and it goes into a trash toter. Uh, the smaller one goes into like a, a, a space inside a can that people could either, you know, look through and if they want to take out bottles to exchange, they can. And then when Recology comes to empty, the can still open the door and then it actually slides into um, the, you know, whatever's in that recycling exchange um, compartment would slide into the, you know, um, the, into location, into the place that they need, have to, um, to carry the recyclings. So those are separated inside. They don't all go into one single bin, yes. Sorry, I have one more question. I'm so sorry. Um, is there an international symbol for recycling? I doubt I would probably pose posit no, because we have so many international tourists, right? So here it's our triangle with the thing. Mm -hmm. But is there one to you? Um I not that I can, you know, hundred percent say there is, but the recycling, the like the triangle recycling symbol that we're used to seeing is probably a more it's a better, um, maybe more clear to indicate that this is for recyclings, or even just the text that says bottles and cans might be, you know, uh, a clear indication. Um, right now, I think one of the common is that the the bottle doesn't, you know, they they don't know what that is for. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Rothschild, thank you. Um, so I wasn't here in 2020, so I apologize. Um, who actually? Did the design of these mm -hmm. is that within the DPW? Uh, no, we actually uh, worked with an industrial designer um, company called ICI Integrated Construction. Um, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot the name. I forgot, uh -huh. but it's okay. ICI Designs. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then, um, what were the parameters? Uh, I mean, well, you you mentioned the parameters in the mm -hmm. beginning, but who set those in terms of? Was it just the um, was the main driver what Recology could pick up? 
the 32. Uh, no, no, no. I think uh, so. We we know, you know, we have the existing cans. It's been there for about, you know, 20, maybe over 20 years, and we know there's problems with them. Uh -huh. So, you know, when we first brainstormed to, you know, redesign the trash cans, we had a group. Um, I w it was actually before my time, but I heard, you know, from my predecessor that there were brainstorm groups with people within public works to say, you know, if we need to design new trash cans, what do they, what are we trying to achieve? Got it. So definitely targeting those deficiencies with the current cans and okay. also um, bringing in, you know, a, a compliance, uh, like code compliance, um, especially ADA, because yep. we, we want it to be accessible to everybody. Um, and so once we develop those criteria, we hire the designer and then we, um, you know, work with the designer to come up with other criteria in terms of materials mm -hmm. and uh, looks and, you know, and we examine over like 20 different um, yeah. cans and we came up with those three final options. Uh, we also looked at all the trash cans around the world and what worked, what didn't work, like what materials, et cetera, like how is the material material going to affect, you know, the final manufacturing cost? How is it going to affect your ability? Like what is uh, suitable for San Francisco? Because we have, a, you know, uh, a pretty humid um, environments with, you know, next to the ocean, it's salty. Like how, how do we mm -hmm. pick a, a material that is going to withstand the everyday environmental factors and as well as the behaviors in, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So um, so we, we worked all of the, those Got through um, first with public works to develop, you know, what we want to see and then with the designers to get more their technical mm -hmm. expertise in material selections and designs. Okay, so I'm sure it's like way down the road here, but um, it was, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> it's probably too late to bring all this up, but it just seems like uh, it would be nice to have like a range of, mm -hmm. of, you know, trash cans that could fit in different parts of the city. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there's two trash cans. I mean, I'm, I'm doubtful of the efficacy of this, uh, honestly, just uh, wandering around the city. Uh, and it seems like you'd have you know, you would want to double them up or has there been any kind of, um, I mean, I appreciate the, the extensive study, but, um, was there any indication of like overflowing trash or, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be different in the park versus mission versus, uh, yeah. So we actually don't maintain trash hands in a park. It's by the rec and park department, okay. but the rest of the areas, we are responsible for them. Okay. Um, I think the, the, Ports also is separate, so yeah. but I'm not sure. But um, so we have over three thousand trash cans that we're responsible yeah. for. And I hear you know the needs. You know some districts might be more populated, so we might need bigger cans, or you know some yeah. areas are maybe Generate. more like residential, so we we might need to. So we we understand that, but we're also trying to balance the you know how do we service them and how do we maintain them. So we're trying to create one can that we'll, we can use for most of the city, mm -hmm. so it makes maintainability. Um, um, like re replacements, right? If we need to replace a certain parts and we just have one model, it's easier yeah. than if we have to. I, I understand. Yeah. It just, it seems like, uh, I guess, just from our perspective on the Arts Commission, it seems like yeah. a missed opportunity to, uh, we're going to buy 3,000 trash cans that they're all the same um, and somewhat neutral and generic. Uh, it could be any anything anywhere in the world, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know if that was considered. And I guess the other thing is, if you're going to change the actual material around it, 
uh, and change the opening, it's going to be a very different thing. And uh, so yeah, well, our intent is to try to keep the look. Like it is right now, um, we're going to maintain the size, right? Uh, the opening size might be slightly bigger, but it's not going to be a different shape or anything. We're just trying to make it so that it's just large enough for something like a takeout box, because currently I think it's too small. But the um, overall shape is going to be maintained. Um, um, okay. But it's the, the rods versus be very different than a. Yeah, but the spacing of the slots are going to be the same. Um, we're going to try to recommend and see if you know we could make it out of a you know a steel plate versus individual rods. Uh -huh. But the you know the size of the slots, the slits or the slots or the, the spacing I between understand. them, we are trying yeah. to maintain. And how much do these cost then? Um, the final overall cost we're trying to aim at three thousand dollars max or under. But the prototypes would cost more because the prototypes we spent right. a lot on. That's labor. a big, like, mm -hmm. when you say 3000 and under, like, how much is an off-the-shelf trash can? Off-the-shelf trash can, it ranged from, and I, I don't remember the exact price, but obviously um, the one on the left is the cheapest. That one is about $600. Uh, the one, the second one, the rent bin in the middle, I believe it's about $2,800. Uh -huh. And then the one on the right is around sixteen, seventeen hundred. Yes. And then I was wondering, has there been any like discussion about the design on the top? You know how people. Mm -hmm. like, it, yeah. And like maybe I'm going too far. It's too late. But this this one hole to get things into. I mean, people like to be able to just stuff things in all around and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know. So we purposely designed the top of. All of these, you know, custom models, right? Because those were our yep. three final options. Yep. We made them not flat, yeah. but rounded, so people cannot put things on top. Yeah, but they will, and then it'll fall over. And it'll oh, it's, over. yeah, yeah. Uh, true. Yeah, it's a. No, I'm. I'm I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it just. It. I don't. I mean, again, like from my perspective, uh, in, at this very late stage, it seems like a missed opportunity for the city of San Francisco. I'll just go on record <laughs> for what it's worth. And uh, are you trying to stop people from dumping, from you know, taking bigger bags of personal trash and putting it right in, inside of a, like if the hole is open at the top? I mean, I know, I know that sometimes it's like mitigation of all the. Things that can go wrong, which is rummaging and the garbage ends up on the ground or somebody brings their trash from their house and puts it into the garbage can. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, yeah, I, my biggest worry is that I know that recycling is going to end up in both places or neither place or something. Yeah, I mean, it is, is I think the recycling identification totally get that and the ability to know when it's going to be picked up. The, like right now, those are stainless steel rods. If you go into a steel finish, like well, I know one of the problems with anything steel is um, funny enough, it's it's not the rain because you can powder coat it, but it's the uh, dog urine. Mm -hmm. Like it gets through everything eventually, right? And I've seen so many things like that, uh, you know, a year of a thousand dogs and uh, and, and it get, gets through everything. So mm -hmm. is is the... I, I think we'd want to look at 
I think we'd want to look at the new materiality mm. before saying push the and new. go button. The new material, mm. um, even getting a sample or getting more information on it or a picture of it or something before mm. uh, so production. We did examine two different types of materials in our pilots. One is the galvanized seal for this uh, salt and pepper, which is the third image there. Mm -hmm. So um, that one is um, cheaper to make because the material is not you know, not as costly as the stainless steel, but we did um, realize that it's harder to to clean and abate that material. Like if the, if there's graffiti's on it, it takes a lot more time for our crew to clean it and return it back to you know uh, you know its original condition. But with the stainless steel construction material, it's a lot easier. Um, you know, people you know have graffiti's on it, and we apply the the um, solution on it and it's easily wiped away and you have a, a less um, prominent mark left on the material. So in terms of ease to clean and maintain, definitely the stainless steel is more superior than the galvanized steel. Are, are, is the proposed new perforated metal material stainless steel? Stainless steel. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to stay with stainless steel because it's, yeah. it's more durable, it's easy, it's yeah. going to last longer, it requires less maintenance, and um, the galvanized steel would require maybe periodic reapplication of the galvanization process in order for it to maintain its properties, but the stainless steel would require much less maintenance. So there's a savings there, too, um, in our long-term um, maintenance cost. Other comments? I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I um, yesterday went to see the slim silhouette on Sutter at Leavenworth, and it looks terrible. And I'll pass these around, but it is in horrible condition for a number of reasons. First of all, um, it doesn't close. It's been vandalized. You mentioned you're working on the lock. I have a whole series of pictures. Um, one thing that's evident is the rods show the graffiti a lot less. And so I'm concerned about you switching to the steel plate. If you go back to one of the beginning slides, you had one in steel plate that had graffiti on it and it had been cleaned. Which one? Um, sorry. In the package that was sent to us. It must be the one up. Anyway, if you can zoom in on the soft square. Soft square, okay. Um, right here. This one is the soft screw. Uh, maybe there's too much light, but in the PDF that was sent to us, under you can see the squiggles where graffiti was. So the steel plate seems that it will be more successful uh, to get that out. Maybe it's one of the beginning images of the soft square, the very first slide. Oh, okay. So the soft square, um, maybe this one right here. Um, yeah, that the smaller one. Yeah. So the soft square, the way that this was there, made, it is. Um, we have this pattern on the front um, that is backed by another plate. So there's like the surface is not completely flat. It's has this you know um, pattern that we try to create. Right. So we did realize that that construction method is a problem with abatement because uh, you can you can clean. The graffiti, but you're not able to clean like all the edges within that hole. Okay. So that's we are trying to stay away. Um, but you see the drippings coming down yes. from the hole, and then you see the graffiti. Yes. This one here, I'll pass it around. But you see the um, 
the graffiti on the stainless steel, you know, obviously shows up. But on the rods, it doesn't because, you know, there's really not much there. There's a little bit on it. So this one is the slim silhouette. Um, yes. And this one is the one that we are recommending to proceed with. That's why I went and saw it, yes. For that very reason. Here's a bigger picture from what you have that out. You can pass that around. Be more like the soft square. No, well, Sorry. so that is not uh, what we're trying to achieve because that one is completely enclosed. But this one, it's 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 open. So we're not trying to achieve that soft square look. We're trying to keep it open. Um, but you know, it will be easy to to wipe clean. But the the top of it. Where's the mic? I guess we're getting the one. I'm sorry. So the the top of it, at least, is slope, so it keeps things off of it. But the amount the mm -hmm. the slim silhouette you're showing here does not have a solid panel on top, mm -hmm. but wherever they're solid, it's a, it's a magnet for, um, for, um, tags, the paper tags, as well as graffiti. Mm -hmm. It's just the tags, the little pieces of paper, anything that you can attach something to, whether it's graffiti. Mm -hmm. So the top and the sides are completely tagged, both paper and the graffiti, and then the broken lock. But even even the bars get a little bit dirty. But if you can, um, anyway, it's it's a hard thing to main, maintain these. We just can't have nice things, it seems. But if if there's they have the the steamers, so the steamers seem they would have a better chance than on on the on the rods and on the solid. And it's just attacked from all angles. Yeah, we uh, we we too realized from the pilot program that the cans that are with the solid metal panels, um, you know, the in, the type that is completely enclosed, like the soft serve right there, they are they do experience a lot more graffiti than the ones that are with the slots. But the silhouette there doesn't have the, the solid panel. The the one that yes. I saw at mm -hmm. Butter and Leavenworth. Yeah, that that was the manufacturing. Um, issue. Might be more successful that way than have a solid area. Yeah, I, I think you're you might be right, but so we have to you know when we go through the manufacturing process, we'll have to find out you know how 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 could this be easily manufactured? We'd um, it could be more costly that way though. Is it too late to have like some I, yeah. ownership on the? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Too late. Yeah. Um, are there any other comments? And I, I have a few comments too and questions. Um, you mentioned there are 3,000 trash cans. Is that right? Roughly about 3,300. So it's approximately a million dollar purchase for the three at $3,000 a piece. Um, is that right? No, it's or nine, be about no, no, sorry, my math, but nine million. So it's a nine million dollar capital purchase. Um, and I just but then you said the other like off the shelf one was like 600 bucks and i just wondered could we have 15,000 trash cans for the same price cuz maybe that maybe that's part of the issue is that i i don't know i i haven't studied this i'm new here i'm just but you know that's a lot of money um and i'm some questions my fellow commissioners have raised um are i don't know they uh, they resonate with me so that's one question um, I, you mentioned something about the recycling and then it, there's a sensor for the trash. Is there a sensor for the recycling? 
Uh, no, there's no sensor for the recycling. Okay. Currently, the recology does not separate recyclings and um, garbage because we don't have a recycling program. The recycling exchange is actually for you know someone who wants to take the bottles and cans and exchange for. I see. So recology actually will not pick up the recycling from these units. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. So then, if they aren't going to pick up the recycling and somebody else doesn't. Mm -hmm. rummage inside of it then who picks up the well, recycling eventually when recycling opens the uh, surfaces the cans uh, the recycling whatever that's not taken would actually fall into the the trash bin and it, i see it will automatically go into the trash trash mm -hmm. so then it becomes trash i think that's interesting i, I because it, yeah I, I, that's a very interesting design operational kind of thing I would never have expected. Um, and then I had one other question. Oh, um, is there any, when you were thinking about the total cost, did, is there this idea of the roller that, was that a requirement from Mercology or requirement from Public Works or requirement from the industrial designer? Because I'm just wondering, because there's, there's probably a labor component to the total cost of ownership and manufacturing or, um, maintenance and I wonder if you were thinking that way or yeah you probably have I mean if the rolling total requirement is like, yeah is that a recology re requirement or is that a Department of Public Works requirement or yeah I think this is something that we know would benefit um, both the Public Works and also the recology right servicing so it actually came um, I, I believe it initiated from Public Works and we have endorsements from recycle right recology okay they, it's not necessarily a requirement. They'd like that. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they, they would prefer that. Yeah. It's going to actually help their workers, you know, who's... Right, right. No, I, I, yeah, I just was... It yeah. would reduce, you know, injuries and other types of... Yeah, no, that's good. ...accidents, yeah. Okay, that was good. I when think... the bins are fully at, you know, even at 70% full, it's pretty heavy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I have... And by the way, I, this is like, you know, this is my first entry into thinking about trash cans in San Francisco through this presentation. Thank you. It's very thorough. I'm, we're coming in at the last end, so forgive our questions if they sound like they're, you know, very basic. But the other question I have is is also just who in the world, what other cities in the world do the best job with this, and what do they do? With you mean with the with the, the they have the best trash cans, the best public trash pickup, they have the best design. I'm just curious, what is our benchmark city? Um, is it? A European city is it a is it yeah is it Davis is it you know I don't know is it Chicago I don't know um, maybe I mean it's um, it, it could be Asia it could be Europe I I don't know you don't know but uh, we um, New York City for example is doing a similar project like we are okay they are developing RFPs to redesign their trash cans and uh, revamp their you know trash projects um, so. Yeah, it's interesting uh, question. Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe we'll be the best after this. Out where we would get yeah. answers, I mean, yeah. we might have to uh, form a working group and to evaluate all the yeah. process and protocols that the other countries are doing in yeah. terms of waste management. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. One more question. Uh, that was a great question, by the way. Uh, should have answered that a couple years ago. <laughs> um, so, Patrick, the the um, image that you saw so that, that trash can has been out for only a month um 
I think she said they did it 30 days somewhere, then 30 days somewhere else. Okay. We started July um, 2022, and we ran the pilot project for two months. So it ended in September, but we decided to leave the cans that are still okay. working. Okay. So that's been out there for two years. So, oh, oh since seven. July. Since okay. July. Yeah, just okay. shy. 10 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have a couple of comments too, unless you have. Oh, no. Okay. Um. Commissioners, just a couple of things, because I know a little bit about waste since whip out the lectures Good. in my yeah, class. Please, 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 um, please tell us. Uh, most recycling doesn't really occur in general. It's a myth. Okay. Um, so most recycling, when there's a waste, a mix of waste and right. materials, tends up to always go to the landfill. So that may not be as important an issue as right. offering it up for people who actually will collect it and not contaminate bottles and such with other trash. So that actually is a good thing that's been thoughtful. Um, and I had something else, but it'll come to me. Um, in the meanwhile, I wanted to ask a question if in cost, it would be a big um, jump in cost to make the recycling bin uh, sign maybe blue. Maybe that's an applied color. So mm -hmm. people could notice that that's a, mm. a place to good put idea, the recycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep materials because that would um that that might be a yeah. national yeah. just the color just the color yeah right. symbol That's for good. that um i am concerned about the the longevity of the finish because it should look really nice i know it's a trash can but we want it to look nice so um the photos i wanted to know if you might comment on the photos about the the finish being enduring we're also working on getting the photos on the screen. Can I switch? Is it okay to switch sure. to the photos? Okay. Um, if that's all right with, with Could our we presenter. Dim, dim the light a bit. Oh, wow. So interesting. The one, if, before we start, could you go back to that one so everyone understands the difference? And then in the meanwhile, while we're doing that, perhaps we could continue. Um, side by side, I just gotta. Do you put a graffiti coating? Or do you think one's necessary with this stainless finish? With the stainless finish, that's not necessary. But for the off-the-shelf um, cans, um, for example, the Ren bin and the Beer Saver bin that we purchased off-the-shelf, they do come with a anti-graffiti coating. Mm -hmm. um, it does work. It's better, but it's not like... Um, graffiti proof mm -hmm. like you still have to clean them you still have to bait them and the best method and the most effective um, abatement method is you know once it's you know packed you have to do it you know within 24 hours or mm -hmm. within a few hours and so that's you know something that um it's a process that we have to look into to how to do that but with the stainless steel we don't need to apply an extra anti-graffiti coating it's mm -hmm. it's the the natural material itself is easy to remove graffitis on but you do see the glue still you can see some of the paper tags mm -hmm. are, are new and some of the old ones were removed but you see the glue would the steamer Mm -hmm. That's why they, the photo that you had had the rods going all the way up on another version without the solid. Wherever there's solid, you're going to have a nightmare. Yes. Yep. The, the, the rods let you see the garbage. Like if the sun's hitting that, you would see the, the bag. See if you go down to the bottom, you see a bag that didn't make it in. Mm -hmm. So you will see that, but that's probably less unsightly than um, graffiti. Mm -hmm. 
maybe if the rods were a tiny bit closer together, so you had a few more rods mm -hmm. and you'd see less of the people that miss the trash can. My, but the graffiti is the biggest eyesore. I guess with that uh, trash being stuck between the toter and the bin, it's probably not, um, you know, tossed mistakenly. Um, it's probably, you know, when my guess, my estimate is that when Recology opens the trash can and they empty the the, the bin, it fell through and then it fell into the garbage can. And then when they put the toter back, they didn't, you know, wipe, wipe the king because there's no way for a trash uh, to, to, to get go to from that opening into. Oh, I see. So that's, that's a maintenance issue. Right. Right. Correct. So because this particular can has a, like a, a neck behind this round opening. Um, that would not allow the trash that would just direct the trash into the bin. It won't, it would not direct it into anywhere else. Like there's no, no space in between it for it to go. And there's the broken, broken lock. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that would be amended by a rod possibly. The broken lock, um, not sure what this, um, image is saying, um, because it could be a couple of issues. It could be that it was not, not closed properly. There's some close-ups of it too. Okay, so yeah, I, I can't tell. Um, there's a couple of issues. It, it could be uh, that it's not closed properly when it was serviced, or it could be a um, you know the lock is broken. Um, can't I'm sorry that I can't. I'm not able to tell from the picture itself. Oh dear, but that wasn't the cost for this, right? The eighteen thousand dollars. No, she said it. Okay, sorry. It's I just possibly for the prototype. Sorry, for okay. the okay. um, I have a couple of other comments too. Um, personally, I like this trash can. I don't know how my other commissioners feel, but I like it and I advocate it there. I think that no matter what we have a trash can graffiti problem. It's a, just the culture that's going on in our city right now, which is really terrible, but um, it is what it is. And I think that any of the trash cans will have that. Um, they can be minimized somewhat, as Commissioner Carney has said, by more of the the um, rod design and less of the hard design. The plate, yeah. The plate design. But this is the design before us today. So we can suggest modifications. There have been some that have been suggested by public works, and I do have a question about that, but I just want to remind us that this is the design that is before us. So, um, this is the one that we need to respond to. Right. Um, I just want to say, I like this very much. I like the shape. I am worried about graffiti too. I don't think that there's any way to escape that. Unfortunately, at, the, at during this particular time and in, in our city's history, but, um. I am concerned about the finish that looks a little bit like galvanized steel to me and not so much as a finished stainless um, stainless steel. So I'm wondering if the photo is that has been passed around is indicative of the finish that we'll be seeing or or if you might be able to comment on that. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, the prototype um, for that slim silhouette model was made out of stainless steel. Okay. That's the material that we're going to use on the final product. Right. Um, and so the photo um, shows that it's stainless steel and that's the, that's the material that we're going to recommend. 
Okay, mm -hmm. it tends to have kind of a galvanized quality that's very industrial to me. Um, I don't know if anyone has any thoughts about that. If that is okay, it doesn't seem to have the polished look that we see in the photos. I think that might us. be from all the ab previous abatement. Like it might be roughed up and it's all the, yeah, it's just all this, probably all the solutions wear and tear. So, okay, couple, couple thoughts. And I know that we're dealing with this can in particular. And I just want um, to maybe if I may add one more comment about the graffiti. Yeah. Um, it is very true that we, you know, all six cans that we test, they all had graffitis on them. Um, it's not something that we can control because it's a behavior problem. And, um, and unfortunately, there's no enforcement, right? Are there, is there, in, like, are there areas, what I'm thinking is if there's places in particular that are problematic and, you know, again, like having a different can that's much cheaper, that's easier to swap out or you paint it or you just know that it's not for pretty, it's for function. Mm -hmm. um, I know you're getting a, a mass, uh, like you want to get one design that you buy as many as possible, but if it's, if the price point is so high and they're getting destroyed at a faster rate, then I feel like it, it's, it doesn't make sense. Um, okay, so beyond that, that's that's a DPW, like your budget, your, you know, you, you guys do you. Um, so the question, I want to be clear, you're asking for, you're asking for us to pass this recommended design uh, with modifications and you want to go into production. Is that correct? Okay, mm -hmm. I, I, I think I have a, a decision on that. I, mm -hmm. I, I would like to see. Uh, your next iteration before you go into production. That's just me. Um, that's that's what I, I have a question. Yeah. Um, in your modifications, do they change the appearance or the finish, the scale? Um, if that's that's something, if it's different, then we would need to see those changes. Mm -hmm. No, we are. Um, the, so the, the four recommendations that we are um, going to implement into the final design, and let's just go over them again. It's um, changing the rots instead of individual rots, because it also adds to the cause of manufacture, because each of the rots are welted top and bottom into the panels. And so we're going to um, not use the rods, but, all, but to create that same look by using a perforated sheet of stainless steel metal. Um, so those would be, instead of individually you know, welted, those would be either laser cut openings into on, on the sheet of metal to achieve that same look. Um, you, you mean they would be long, it would still look like rods, it would be long vertical slots. Yes. So they would basically be flat plate that is curved. They, they bend it yes. and they have the slots in it. Yes. So you would have the edges that would get graffiti on them. When they spray across it, would that be easier to air to water blast than the but the 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 reason to switch it from a rods construction to a, a stainless steel sheet metal construction is so that the size of the rods, right, the, the slots do not get a graffitis on them because that's the area that is hard to remove. If it's a, a flat surface on the outside, it's easy to remove. Um, 
if it's a, a sheet of flat perforated stainless steel panel, it, it wouldn't have the dimensions on the size for it to be mm -hmm. tied. I, I so, have a question. Oh, so that's going to have to yeah, kind of wrap yeah. this up because we're really noodling on. on Understood. This. I have a question. Um, so a couple of things before I ask for a motion. Um, this is at phase three. And the, it the design has been approved in general. The design has been approved. So going back to noodle that design and rework it is probably off the table. So just just advising my colleagues mm -hmm. that okay. thank you at yes. this moment. <laughs> um, so we need to focus on the project that's before us, and it's already ready to go. And if we have a preference for this particular model or the other models. The uh, public works does have a preference for this model. And if you would direct your attention to those three models, if there's a, a preference that you have other than what the public works is saying, then talk about that. Otherwise, uh, I would like to call for a motion for this particular. I, well, well, I'm, I'm confused on what, what is before us. Is it that one? With without a solid, or is it this one with the solid? Sorry for that confusion. I do realize that this image is it's slightly different than right. that one. So it is this model. Um, so well, oh, so it's even worse. It'll have the solid on top. It, it has the solid on top, correct? Okay. Uh, then that is a substantial change. That's a problem. But you, you're, I see your email. Oh, <laughs> that is. A Could you put them on the screen again? Could we just could, flash through? Oh. I'm so concerned about this. If we yeah. could flash through those six slides again, I think it's alarming. This is what it's it's millions of dollars of city money and it's a graffiti magnet. I, I guess I have that's the other part of my question. Are we is our charge to depict the design or approve the design? Or are we approving the project? Because I actually think there are two different things. Um, if we're talking about which of the three trash cans, and those are my final three options, it'll be easy for me to choose which of the three. That's fine. But I think if we're also just talking about the whole, like the total cost, the the issues with the graffiti, there's if there's if we're kind of adding other things, then I'm actually a little more confused as to what I'm being asked to approve. I think they already narrowed it down to one. It's only this. I see. It's yay or nay on that one. Yeah, but even though the photo had the rods going all the way up, okay. they want us to approve that. But this is this is the one that it's going to look it's going to look most more like this. This slim silhouette with the solid top like this one. And let me I I have to confess that I did not go back and look to the old agenda to see what design was approved. Do we have any information on that? Because we're not we are essentially approving the project. And we are not noodling the design at this point to very much regard, but though there is a proposal that's that I am a little bit concerned about may be different from what we had approved before. If this I'm, I'm confused about which one we are approving. We're pulling up the old agenda. Say that again. We're um, bringing up the old agenda. Yeah, just so okay. we can take a look at that. Can I ask one question? What is the anticipated lifespan of one of these trash cans? Yeah, that's a great question. Great question. Um, the anticipated lifespans for the trash cans um, would be 20 to, 20, 25 to 30 years. That's what we're trying to, to okay. achieve. For, for each one? For each, for each one? Yeah, the, for, each for each individual, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
so this is what the, these are the 3 that we looked at. To my recollection, and it seems that the slim silhouette with the less of a. Um, solid plate at the top is what we approved to my recollection. So but actually, fuzzy. if you, um, I, I do realize that I might have used an image um, of a variation of that model. So can you, um, I, can you maybe, is it slide number 15? Um, yeah, can you go to the next page, please? So there are, um, let's, um, Oh. Next page. Okay. So there are, uh, yeah, right there. Thank okay. So there are 2 um, variations of the okay. same model that we, okay. we, um, you know, investigated and explore. And the 1 on the right was what was manufactured because that was easier and less costly to to make. It's durable. It's, it's more durable because it has that solid panel for the rust to be attached to. Versus the 1 on the left which was shown on the presentation earlier, that one was um, was determined to be not as easy to make and it's less durable because mm -hmm. the rods do not have a solid piece to attach to. You will see on the right-hand side that there's a solid piece in the bottom as well as a solid piece on the top. That's where the rods were welded. Right. Um, the one on the left is more of a concept drawing. Um, it, it looks good. But in terms of manufacturability, it's it's less doable. Okay, thank you for that clarity, and thanks for pulling up. I see slides. Yeah, so look at that. Um, so, commissioners, I'm going to call for a motion, and we will see if we have one to approve this project as it is presented to us today. Yes, uh, and then what happens if it's not approved? Just we'll have to talk about that. I, um, okay. Deputy Director Lee, do you have any comments on this? This is a new a new uh, situation for me. Um, why don't we take the vote first? Okay, and see where we are. All right. Um, do I have a motion to approve phase three of the San Francisco new public trash receptacles as presented today? Okay, we do not have a motion. So project not approved as presented. All right. Um, I guess I would ask commissioners, what would you want to see from the project team? Um, what additional information you would like about the slim silhouette as um, that would make you more comfortable to um, perhaps pass this at a subsequent meeting? Okay, so before we have that discussion, can we please keep it to very, very concise specific comments that are are um iterative of yes of the project that we have yeah. before us okay start from scratch that's right yeah got it so any comments Copies. well I, I do um, thank you having seen the what what's proposed the beautiful rendering and having seen it in real life i can see that it it is beautiful it's it's a very unique trash can for what other cities have, but it's the maintenance issue. I would like them to come back with giving us a better understanding of how it can be maintained because I saw the real thing and we've all seen the photos. It's it's hard to maintain. Other comments? Yes, and I'd also, I think, I mean, 
again, this is more operational than design oriented. I love the design and in a beautiful trash free conscientious, not crazy world um, where a trash can could live to have a 20 year shelf life. The picture that you sent that was like a year old, right? Or maybe not even less. Yeah, not even that. Right? So, you know, I think. Um, just an idea of of the resiliency of the trash can uh -huh. um, and the ability to fix it, right? Like there's, okay, there's the cost of the trash can, but then this expensive trash can, how much does it cost to maintain? And if you've got to redo it every year in certain parts of San Francisco, then, then you know, that gives me pause to pass something that could be a just, either a PR nightmare or a money pit. And, you know, again, aesthetically, it's not about the aesthetics yeah. of it. It's about the functionality yeah. and the resilience and the maintenance. So I think even, you know, I'm that's those are, I think, our biggest concerns because we just don't want the picture, you know, consider 20 of those around the city and that would just not yeah. be good. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the mitigation that's what it is. It's mitigation, I think. Yeah, thank you. And I would concur with that. I think it is a beautiful design and it was the one that I liked initially. And um, so I'm glad that it kind of got winnowed down to that one. Um, but I'm very concerned about the, the maintenance that if the can is less than a year old and already looking pretty beat up and it has a, such a long lifespan that that is an issue. Um, I want to thank um, Public yes. Works for a very rigorous effort to try to come to this place. And there may not be, there will not and is not a perfect solution right. for this. Mm -hmm. So I think as a body, we are understanding that, but we're hoping if you could go back and have one more look at this mm -hmm. to help um, us understand or see if there's a new way that we can help you have a trash can that is fantastic and that will live longer than what we we suspect the current model is going to do. Yeah, I'll um, totally agree with all of that. Uh, I'll add that in addition to the operational parameters, I think it's a cop out to say it's a behavioral issue. Uh, and design needs to address that. So maybe you can, um, you know, address the reality of our users, uh, even if it's as simple as stating that, but. We might not be able to pass a barbed wire. Right. <laughs> barbed wire well, instead of a trash can. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's important to say that, you know, the behavior of the citizens of San Francisco, you know, is, you know, I, I think design has to address that. That's all. Mm -hmm. And it'd be great if that became part of our culture um, and approaching all of right. the public uh, amenities right. in our city. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I would just want, I want to reiterate my thanks. When I saw the presentation, I thought it was very clear and we came in here, people raised other questions. I started thinking differently. I, if, that's why I asked my question, like, if we're really just choosing the design, I think, as you said, it's, I think that was the right design aesthetically. 
And I don't think we actually control the budget for this particular project. That's somebody else's budget. We're not fiduciaries in some ways for the budget, but in some ways we are because this process has come to us. So there's a little bit of a, there's kind of a gray area there. And I think we, oh, I think we've all kind of wondered about that at this point. So thank you for your help. Yeah, well, I, I just want to appreciate all the comments, by the way. They are very uh, thoughtful. And um, these are all the questions we all always ask ourselves, too, when we, you know, work on this project. Um, you know, how do we create a, um, a trash can that is right for the city? We're, we know we can't, you know, design the perfect trash can because there's always going to be problems. Right. But we're trying to find one that would address most of our issues. Mm -hmm. We know we have issues with our current trash cans. We design, you know, the ones that we think would mitigate some of those problems. We, but we know realistically, we're not going to 100% mitigate those issues. We tested six different types: um, ones that are, you know, custom made, ones that are off the shelf, um, and um, the one, you know, after this pilot program, the findings from it, um, we saw that, you know, the slim silhouette. Although it does not address all of the problems, but it meets most of our design and performance criteria, and it comes to comes out came out to be the the strongest um, of the six that we tested. And so um, I guess I'm a maybe you know um, I know there's a, a lot of questions about how do we maintain them, um, you know how do we make sure they look polished and. They look the same that we designed 20 years from now, and I don't know if we are able to do you know. Yeah, come up with the, the perfect answer for that, because this is an ongoing effort. It's mm -hmm. an ongoing maintenance issue. It's 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 less with the design of the the, the product. I would say it's a uh, different process that we have to look at and examine. So, um, so for, you know, for, I just want to maybe. Develop clarity for myself on moving forward this project, mm -hmm. uh, you know, next time when I come back. Um, is it the maintenance? Um, issue that we should address or is are there a design modification that you're seeking in the slim silhouette that you think would better address the maintenance questions um so just so that i'm quite honest well well if you go pick up the one at, at sutter and um, leavenworth and take it back and analyze it i think stainless steel is the right choice because of how it's attacked look the chrysler building's almost you know 100 years old and it's all stainless steel on top and it looks beautiful so if there's a way of top some sort of finish or maybe there's a different kind of top coat for stainless steel that's sacrificial that when they they might have to reapply it every six months but anyway whatever they did to clean that one we could still see the marks where the where the paper tags were and the other the the paint on it you know it's they're gonna have to just do some soul searching with it everyone thinks the design is stunning we, we would be happy to have it but it's lucky to have it even but is there a way to make it look that way even if you just have to strip so, it every three months or six months i i think one of the reasons that we are um concerned about the operational maintenance and from my standpoint that is yep. Part of it is because if you look at, you know, functionality, right? There's bare boxes. There's all kinds of other things that aren't very aesthetically pleasing, but they're functionally fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so the question becomes, okay, as a beautiful city, we want to, you know, we have this, this 
aesthetically pleasing thing, which when you're talking about public art, which is what this body is concerned mm -hmm. with, right. right? If we're just looking at design, we say, okay, but then, you know, if it's all form and no function, right. then, then, you know, uh, public art is a different category of functionality within the public sphere. What is, what is aesthetically pleasing, uh, in context in a gallery space is is, is different right. within the public sphere of you know it's got to interact with the public right so because this is an interactive let's call it an interactive art piece especially since you're doing a custom build um then the maintenance and yeah. durability and the resilience of that art piece is something that that we as a body from the art commission standpoint let's talk about all the time like we've had tons of piece art pieces and let's call this an art piece just you know uh right yeah industrial, industrial design that, yeah. Industrial yeah yeah absolutely art piece oh. and all we talk about is who's going to climb on it who's going to try to destroy it how much is it going to cost and if it does fly from that standpoint we go back to the drawing table and so i think that's the it, we're taking design off the table Part of it is functional design. So I think from the design standpoint, we are talking about the design of this mm -hmm. product, um, aesthetically beautiful, um, functionally concerning. So that's the distinction, I think. Is that, is that? I, yeah. Okay. Second, yeah. what you just said. They're, they're one in the same way that the design, the aesthetics and the maintenance are conceived together. Thank you. And that's not easy. Not easy. We recognize that it is not easy and it may be that you come back right. with very few changes and right. we will have to have a deliberation on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not suggesting that uh, I'm not suggesting anything, but I'm saying that if that is the case, then that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Do we have any public comment on this matter? We will be taking an in-person public comment first. Um, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. Now for those receiving joining remotely, please raise your hand if you listen to WebEx. We'll be calling by phone, press star three, place in a public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. Thank you. We're currently on item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who wishes to speak on public comment during today's meeting can send a summary of the comment to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to paris.codes at sfgov.org. We'll be looking for in-person public comment. I see no in-person public comments. Now looking for remote public comment. No remote public comments. Public comments now closed. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, let's move to our next item and that is item number four, our staff report, and that will be given by Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee. Hey, good afternoon, commissioners. Um, in the last, I guess, two months since we last met, um, we have had four 
projects that came in for an administrative review. And so for our newer commissioners, this is for really minor projects that have, um, you'll see like that have very little kind of public access or in public view. They are also sometimes projects that were already approved through CDR and it might be Again, a pretty minor design change that happened, you know, during construction or in the field. If there is a bigger um, change on an approved project, they do come back for what we call a post phase three review. So um, I usually review these with the project manager as they come in and then um, uh, discuss them with a uh, chair striker and that. But so, um, so four projects, <laughs> it's been busy, um, have come in. The first one is this O'Shaughnessy Aided um, Access Bridge, which is a PUC project located in Groveland. And this uh, project is to rebuild a short bridge that is used only by the PUC and the National Park Service staff who... I'm sorry, in where? In Groveland? In Groveland. So Groveland, California. Not Groveland. Thank yes, you. Groveland, California. Oh, sorry, I just did. Okay. Yeah. Um, the city does. Yeah, right. Some Got it. Understood. Yeah, not just, quite right. in the city. Um, okay. Um, so this bridge is in an extremely remote uh, location, and the staff who cross it cross it maybe once a month. Um, and it has no public access. Um, public access is specifically restricted and there is no public visibility to it. So the existing bridge um, doesn't meet current safety or seismic regulations and is being replaced with a steel and concrete bridge that meets all of the um, safety and seismic regulations. Um, and so, um, and so the new design will require minimal maintenance and uh, neither the existing bridge or the replacement bridge um, is covered. It's all kind of open um, and very simple. So that was the first one. The second one is at the San Francisco International Terminal ITB. Uh, it's a roof upgrade. And so this new project is to redesign the roof of the International Terminal and the project includes minimized mounting penetrations and have no visible effects um, on the interior ceiling. Uh, the project meets SFO's sustainability goals and maximizes the PV area without impacting the existing facade. Mm -hmm. The new roof upgrade minimizes the glare per the um, FAA requirements by tilting the PV panels away from the air traffic control tower. It also provides uh, the project also provides maintenance service pathways within reach range and the existing glazing will be load tested to confirm the capacity. Uh, the third project is at our cultural center, the Bayview Opera House, which is a plaque installation. Um, this new plaque commemorates the official naming of the building um, to the as to the Ruth Williams Memorial Theater, which was approved in 1995. Uh, to honor the African-American producer, playwright, actri actress, and activist. So the plaque is a bronze colored and 18 inch in diameter. It will be placed to the right of the entryway. Um, and, you know, this is a city owned building under the auspices of the Arts Commission. We have received um, approvals by city planning, the historical, the historic um, staff there 
um, for the plaque. And the last one is the Noe Valley Town Square restroom. And this is the Rec and Park project that's located on 24th Street in Noe Valley. Um, this is a six foot by 12 foot restroom that it's in the same place as the approved plan that the Civic Design Review Committee approved back in 2015. So it was on the actual plans, but the restroom was never built and the rest of the town square was built. So the proposed concept plan um, integrates the unit into the existing park. It maintains the existing street um, facing the bulletin board structure and integrates the proposed plant material that was previously approved and that has shown to have success at the park. There's a wooden fence that will enclose the rear of the restroom with the goal of protecting this area from vagrant activities and to shield the existing um, utility equipment and provide a safe place for the operations staff to maintain the restroom building. The fence material is proposed to be a wooden fence that will use similar material that is used at the bulletin board and the overhead trellis structure. And it will be painted uh, using a color palette that integrates with the existing park elements that are gray, blue, red, and black. Um, and so that concludes my report and happy to take any questions. Questions, commissioners, on any of this? Um, why did it take 30 years to put that plaque up? <laughs> you said it was approved in 1995. You know, the existing, um, so it's just recently we have been in contact um, with R Ruth Williams' family members that have asked for um, kind of more visible signage um, to honor their mother um, with this. And so as we were looking at various ways to do that, um, the plaque became very clear. It was one of the things the family asked for. City planning, the city actually uh, fabricates these, you know, has a has a set design and and um, and so we can order it. Yeah. So um, yeah. so that's why we ended up you know, we've been working closely with the family on on some signage ideas. Good. Um, anything else? Is there any public comment? We'll be taking in person public comment first. Looking for in person public comment. See no in person public comment. We'll be checking public comment remotely. Okay, see no remote public comment. Public comment is now closed. Thank you. Thank you. So let's move now to item number five, which is new business and announcements. Are there any announcements or new business that anyone wants to share? Is there any public comment on item number five? Looking for in-person public comment for item number five on the agenda. See no in-person public comment. Now looking for public comment for item number five remotely. And I see no public comment. Okay. Thank you. Then that leads us to item number six with which is adjournment. Thank you all. Is there any public comment or <laughs> <laughs>